if you want to applaud your mate, uh, make praise about your mate, um, that that is a great thing to do on Facebook. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss how all this new technology plays a role in the communication you have with your spouse, from Facebook to text messaging. So get off Snapchat and stay tuned. You don't need a special occasion to give your spouse flowers. In fact, it's probably more special to get them flowers just because. If you're still not inspired, how about if we can save you $10 on your flower purchase at bloomnation.com. Use the promo code GETHITCHEDWITHBN10 at bloomnation.com, a marketplace that connects you with your local florist wherever you reside in the country. Again, use the promo code GETHITCHEDWITHBN10 at bloomnation.com to save $10 when you want to surprise your spouse with flowers. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hey, Steve. Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Uh, she is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. And Karen has her own show called Take 5 to Empower Your Relationship on the Sex Talk Radio Network. Uh, and that airs every Wednesday. Today... Uh, Karen has joined us to talk about the best medium for expressing your emotions. And I came up with this idea because Facebook uh, recently started allowing users to express more emotions when replying to posts that have been made. So rather than just like, uh, they have these new things called reactions, which include like, love, haha, wow, sad, and angry. Of course, people communicate in a million other ways today, um, not to mention we have a million other expressions, but we can communicate through text messaging and Snapchat and tweets and so on. And so I wanted to talk about how effective these mediums are, what are the best mediums to communicate, and let's dig right in, Karen. Okay. All right. So first... How effective do you think these new platforms are at keeping us emotionally connected, understanding that this isn't like backed by a ton of research and whatnot when you give your answer here? Oh, but I actually might be able to give you some research. Well, on social media, I'm probably going to get a lot of reactions that are on the negative side. I think that they are very poor ways of communicating. Okay. Not a good way at all. And the research I'm going to give you is that we actually have research that says that the more that people are involved in these social platforms, one in particular, but I won't say it. No, say it. We're, we're Facebook. Not... Okay. Facebook. Yeah. See, that didn't take a lot of arm twisting, did it? No. <laughs> uh, that it actually increases the likelihood of couples having difficulty with each other because it's a way of reconnecting with old flames and um, 
that becomes exciting and you can look people up. And um, though it may be very innocent initially, um, it's a slippery slope. Okay, so, I'm, I am going... Good. Go I am going to play devil's advocate. Really oh, quick yes. Here. You know, I just realized I had heard this from someone else and it had heard a counter argument and then realized, as I was saying it, that the counter argument was from you. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so one of the things about these um, I see and it's not just this kind of a surveyor study. And by the way, my background, one of the things I did in my previous life here, uh, not here, but at another publication is I was a research editor and I dug into studies and all sorts of surveys and things uh, for a long time. One of the things that bothers me about this stuff is they talk about the rise of infidelity um, for couples who are on Facebook or whatever. Mm -hmm. The problem with this kind of information is it's compared to what? It's compared to nothing. So a, a 15% increase or a 30% increase, Facebook didn't exist 20 years ago. So of course there's going to be an increase of people citing Facebook as a way of reconnecting with flames, right? Yes. So I'm not saying that it's not, it's not an issue and I'm not saying that couples don't reconnect or find excitement in finding some old high school person that they may have been attracted to and you know just were too goofy or whatever during that stage of their life to actually engage in a conversation. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a lot of this stuff gets overblown and people it's, – it's a good um, headline to inflame the seriousness of a lot of this stuff. And it's easy to make an argument as to, oh, my God, like all these people are connecting with old flames. Well, yeah, because they couldn't have done it before. Not that it's dangerous. Well, you're you're right. You happen to be right. And a lot of research in general can get um, presented in a way that it looks one way when, in fact, it's not reality you can mm. you can present the exact same research though that it looks a different way so i'm not going to disagree with you on that that being said um it still is a vehicle that allows people to escape mm -hmm. um and not attend to their relationships it is a vehicle to find people um and you know uh start a conversation with them where you didn't have that vehicle before mm -hmm. um so that makes it you know, it facilitates that. And so that makes it easier. Um, so you're right. There's no other comparison, but you cannot deny the two statements I just made. No, absolutely. I totally concede those points. Okay. Um, okay so if, if, um, if you think that they are not very good um, and we're in, in this case, we've been talking Facebook specifically, but what about other more personal, because those are pretty much broad i mean facebook is mm -hmm. a, almost like a public broadcast forum whereas right. something like snapchat or even text messaging is uh, is more of a one-to-one -one communication you know although snapchat can be public right. as well okay. but so in general i don't think that those are the best forms of communication i was working with a couple a while ago that their entire communication was through texting and i really um held them accountable for that and said that I didn't think that they were really communicating. You're losing a lot of communication is not just verbal. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of other things that happen when you are in person that you miss out on. Um, and so I don't think that, you know, doing so uh, through technology is giving you the full flavor. So specifically, we're talking about tone of voice, Correct. facial expressions, body Correct. posture. Absolutely. Okay. 
Um, okay, so if that's the case, um, would you then say that face-to-face is still the best form of communication? 100%. Now, that still doesn't mean that there aren't going to be difficulties in communication. You know, communication is challenging enough. People <laughs> yeah. have a hard time expressing their real emotions. Uh, some people have trouble even connecting to their emotions. So, you know, we're in an area that is difficult for people in general. So throw in the fact that you can hide behind technology and not do it face to face. You know, we're just adding another piece that that makes it that much more difficult. Now, one of the things that I want to circle back really quick here is I find a lot of times that communication through electronic form is sometimes more clear and precise because when I'm having a face-to-face conversation with people, a lot of times I'll ask a question and they will talk around (laughs) the answer without giving Mm -hmm. me one. Mm -hmm. But when I do it in, say, a text message or an email or some other written form, you know, do you want to attend this thing? Yes or no, it's much more difficult for them to write out this very long, I'm going to talk around you kind of an explanation as opposed to just giving me the answer. Okay. I, I think it's a good point. And let me, let me tell you a couple of different uh, thoughts that I'm having as you're saying that. Okay. So most of us in our texting are very cryptic. Many times um, I'll get a communication where it's so cryptic I don't even understand, you know, what the person was really saying to me. And I think that in our fast paced world and in our uh, need for immediacy, um, we tend to err on the side of quick, quick, quick. Um, So in that example that you gave, that's great. And if, if you do it that way, okay, fine. However, I think you brought up a very valid point and I do recommend this to my clients sometimes. Sometimes when you're talking about a difficult issue and one that's, let's say, a heated one or could become heated between the two of you, emotions get in the way. Mm -hmm. And emotions get in the way both for the person who's speaking and you get tongue-tied or you forget to say certain things or you don't say it the best possible way or from the person who is hearing it, that because they're emotional, they're not hearing everything. And when that happens, I will advise my clients to write a letter. And I will tell them at the beginning of the letter to say, the reason I'm writing this to you is because I want you to have the ability to go back over what I'm saying so that you can really think about it and reread it and whatever. And and you're right, to have a chance to really, as the writer now, to spell out very precisely and carefully what you want to say. So it doesn't get lost in the sauce. So I'm not against that technique, mm-hmm. you know, altogether. I'm not saying you must absolutely, you know, speak face to face all the time. I think that that can be used as a, a vehicle many times, you know, for things that are difficult. But I think that for most of us with texting, again, the, a lot, the, a lot of things get very misconstrued. Yeah. I, I mean, I will totally admit that I, on many occasions, definitely more than once, have replied to a text message, what does that mean? I don't mm-hmm. understand what you're asking mm-hmm. here. And a pet peeve of mine is on Facebook, for example, when somebody will make a post 
that's like a middle of a thought or they make reference to something without context. So they'll say something like, I can't believe that just happened. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, oh my God, you're totally fishing for me to communicate with you about whatever that is. And I just started ignoring those kind of posts because I can't handle it. It just drives me crazy. Right, right. Um, okay, so you just actually gave a really good example of when it would be okay or mm-hmm. m- might even be more effective to communicate in a non-face-to-face verbal communication. Um, yes. Can you give an another example of when it's okay to do those things? Yes, certainly an apology. Okay. Um, you know, sometimes you go and you say to the person you want to apologize for something and the person is not ready to hear it. Um, and sometimes it's necessary to put your apology into words. Um, I think in an apology, there's a, there are certain things that are very important. Your tone is very important. Um, and so you're going to miss the tone in an apology. But you can even, in the way that you write, the words that you use and the context that you put the apology in, I think that writing that is very good. And again, by giving it to the person that it's something that they can hold on to, it can end up being something that's a very healing vehicle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'll give a personal example. Um, I've been planning a high school reunion with um, some other people from my high school and inadvertently um I had obviously not expressed at the last reunion enough gratefulness to how much they had helped in preparing. And so when we started planning this one, they let me know that they had really felt slighted and I I really felt awful. Um, So I emailed them, which is, you know, the virtual letter, an apology. And in it, I mean, I let them know how profoundly sorry I was and you know, I, I went on and on and on. And obviously I expressed it well enough that they each came back this it was a married couple they each came back saying you know whatever you need we're we're there you mm-hmm. know um we clearly re- recognize that you had no idea that you had done it and you know whatever you need we're on board so you know that kind of um situation i think is also very useful sometimes okay i i have one i wanted to throw in is uh through text messaging just to tell my spouse that I'm thinking of them or uh, uh, we're not up to that yet. Oh, that I w- yet. oh, okay. I didn't. Okay. There <laughs> are times that I do think texting could help, but you were saying in general, are there times where using something like writing is better than, um, face-to-face communication? Yeah, that's true. I okay. Did say that. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> then what will I answer when you get to that question, Steve? <laughs> no, well, you, okay. I won't steal any more of your answers. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. So then let's flip it then. Okay. What are some things you should not do uh, virtually or on one of these communication platforms, um, particularly when we're we're talking about exchanges with your spouse or some other loved one? You sure don't want to call them out. Mm. because, uh, especially if it's a public forum, because how humiliating, um, and they have no defense, they have no way to talk to you. So absolutely, you don't want to call them out. Okay. Uh, um, Are there any others? Well, anything that's really negative, you don't want to do, you know, that should be, that should be between the two of you. 
Okay. Um, and w- going back to the best medium for doing some things, which wouldn't be face-to-face, you talked earlier about uh, when you're not being heard, you can kind of put it into a letter um, mm-hmm. or an apology yeah. is very yeah. effective. Mm-hmm. Um, are there other um, things that are better than, uh, say, face-to-face? You know, if you can't think of any off the top of your nah, head, right now, that's fine. I, I, yeah, off the top of my head. Let me, you know, as we're talking, if something comes up, I'll let you know. I have a hybrid. Um, yes. So as many people know who have listened to this podcast for a long time, um, every other year, my, my wife's family is on the East Coast. We uh, reside on the West Coast. Uh, and so every other year, we travel back East for um, the holidays. And one of the things that I do is and like I said, this is a hybrid. So rather than doing a phone call or sending text messages, I actually do FaceTime with my family mm. um, on the West coast uh, to kind of uh, engage in the, the, the holidays with them yeah. in, nice. a, in a face-to-face manner as best as I can. Uh, mm-hmm. And same, my wife does the same thing when we're on the West coast with her East coast family. Um, so that is one way you can kind of steal some of that, face-to-face mojo uh, through these new virtual technologies. Yes, yes. And, you know, my daughter was in Australia. She lived there for six years. And if it had not been for Skype, I don't know if I could have managed it. I mean, it was tremendously helpful to at least feel like I was connecting with her. Yeah. And it's amazing because, uh, you know, we talk about, we've we've been talking about good communication and effective communication through these platforms. But one of the things I can say, and this is a little bit of a tangent, is that on Facebook, for example, I have bumped into several people who I haven't spoken to since high school. Mm -hmm. uh, And I bumped into them. And it's like no time has passed because even though we don't engage in a lot of of conversation, we've been able to stay up to date on each other's lives Mm. through just regular postings on the network. Um, which, you know, that's kind of a passive way of communicating. Uh, but I, it, it, it's, it, it's very, we're living in this very interesting time um, where you can stay passively engaged with a large community, um, you, you know. But like I said, this is a tangent because we're talking about effectively communicating with your spouse on this stuff. Right, right. Um, yes, I do, think, I, I do think that there's something to be said for that as well. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying all technology is bad. I'm just saying that I don't think for expressing our close emotional um, relationships or, you know, our expression of our feelings and our emotions and things like that uh, with our mate should be done through mm. these platforms. Yeah. I'll tell you something that I do think is a very good thing to do through the platforms. Okay. Um, I think that if you want to applaud your mate, Mm. uh, make praise about your mate, um, that that is a great thing to do on Facebook. You know, it's almost like um, if you're out to dinner with another couple and your uh, spouse did something that was, you know, like um, uh, fixed something at home that, you know, you thought was really challenging, but they were able to do it. 
tell your friends so that your mate overhears you bragging about it. Then they feel really great. Like, oh, you know, <laughs> you know she was really impressed with it. Well, you can do the same thing on Facebook. Yeah. You know, I mean, take a picture or whatever of, of what was done and, you know, look how great my spouse was. I'm really, you know, proud of him or her. So I think you can use that vehicle in that way. And it lets your, you know, your partner know that you really were very excited about what he or she did. Yeah. No, I 100% agree with that. Uh, I I do that. I actually recently did it because my wife did something amazing. Um, at least I thought it was pretty amazing. And I try to, my problem is I have to restrain myself from being uh-huh. obnoxious about it. <laughs> because I want to brag all the time. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I have to like hold myself back. But she, you're right. She absolutely loves it. And when I feel like when you do it um, with an edited tone so that you're not doing it all the time, people want to know those things. Uh-huh. Um, and they want to enjoy in some of those like small little successes and celebrations. So, yeah. Yeah, um, nice, you, you nice. know, one of the one of the things that you talked about too is like you know certain things you shouldn't do with these communications. I'm all, it, it reminded me of back in the day before we had text messaging and email. Even uh, it was one of those things that you just should not break up with somebody oh. in a in a <laughs> you know like with a dear John right like that was the right. most taboo right. thing you could do, and that's kind like that's kind of the way I feel about a lot of this stuff that we're talking about today. Like these are things, sure people do it, but you just shouldn't do it. There's just better ways to do it. Give, show some respect, uh, you know, a little courtesy. Um, so, uh, I want to close out this topic, Karen, with some quick rules that you can give people to when they're moving forward, because, you know, we're talking about Snapchat and Twitter and text messaging today. Um, But technology will move forward. We are soon going to be in the arena of virtual reality and augmented reality and who knows what else. So what should people remember? What are some rules that they can kind of follow when moving forward with uh, tomorrow's tech? Okay. And so now I'm going to go back to where I, before I I sort of stepped on you and said, don't ask me that yet. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So I think that technology should be an adjunct to your relationship, an extra. And so use it to add to your relationship, to make the relationship a little bit novel or a little bit, um, you know, letting your partner know that they matter. So if you send a text like, I just want you to know I was thinking of you, uh, out of the blue, use it not necessarily for the homework days, but, um, you know, you are on my mind or um, you're so special, you know, little things like that. Those are the modern day version of leaving a note in somebody's windshield wiper Mm -hmm. or, you know, uh, in their lunch bag or something. Not that you can't do those as well, but these are the quicker ways of doing it. So if you use technology for positive Mm -hmm. and stay away from the negative or things you don't want your mate to know about, I think that would be the rule of thumb that I would go for. I love that. That's a simple rule. Just use the use the tech for positive, not negative communication. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, one of the things as you were talking about this stuff, I and and using it as an adjunct to all your other communication, I like to think of text uh, a technology as a new set of tools in our toolbox. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, some, you know, using a screwdriver, you can, you can knock in a nail with a screwdriver, but a hammer mm-hmm. is much better and much more effective. Mm-hmm. And if a face to face communication tool is more effective, do that. Um, but if you can't be face to face, okay, grab, go into your toolbox, see what else you got. And I, that's how I like to think about this stuff. And each one is good for different things. Um, you know, sometimes you don't like to have these long drawn out conversations about something very small and simple. You just want to send a text that says, Hey, should I pick up milk on the way home? (laughs) Yes or no. And poof, they do, you do that. Yes, absolutely. And you know, sometimes I just thought of something else. Sometimes you may not feel like talking. And if you text and say, you know, I, I've had a bad day or, you know, so-and-so is going on, but I, it has nothing to do with you, but I just need my space. That can go a long way for letting your partner know, okay, you know, I, I know what I need to do. And I also know not to take it personally. That's, so that, that can be a very helpful thing. Yeah. That is actually amazing. Uh, being able to prime your spouse for expectations. Right. Uh, that, cause I, I can vouch for that one because, uh, my wife, sometimes she will text me before she leaves her office and says, I have a ton of work to do when I get home. Uh, you know, just, just wanted to give you a heads up. And so I know when she walks through the door, mm-hmm. not to barrage her with a thousand questions and I will try to have you know, dinner ready for her or make, make that transition when she gets home as simple as possible. And I can't tell you how far that goes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the appreciation that she then shows, uh, for me doing those small things, but it was only possible because as you stated, she had primed me with those expectations of, I got a lot of stuff coming up and it's not that I don't want to hear about your day and don't want to chat. I just don't have time right now. Exactly, exactly. So I think we have to add that into our little toolbox. But again, notice, as far as I'm concerned, that falls into use technology in the positive way. Mm -hmm. So you have thought about your relationship and thought about what can I do to make things better between us. Yeah, love it. Love it. Um, If you are listening to this episode... And you have tips or ideas or thoughts. Maybe you guys use your tech different than what we've discussed, um, or there's a new platform out that you find to be particularly effective. Let us know. Um, I am enormously fascinated with this stuff, uh, so would love to hear from you. Shoot me a tweet um, if you're on Twitter or leave a message on Facebook or a, a post on Facebook, uh, you can find us, um, hitched or on Facebook or hitched media on Twitter. Um, I actually oversee that account. Um, yeah, love, love to hear from you. So, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, but with that said, Karen, I think that'll do it for us this week. So thank you so much for your time. This was uh, really enjoyable and fascinating and interesting. I love, I love tackling these topics that wouldn't have existed a decade ago. That's right. And we are doing this virtually through, through a Skype, Skype device. <laughs> yes, that's right. That Absolutely. Yeah, we would have had to, you would have had to have 
come into a radio studio. I would have had to rent a radio studio, but we right. don't even need to do that anymore. It's amazing. Right. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, if you guys actually have something to add, you have a voice memo. If you have a smartphone, there is a voice memo app on it. Go ahead and record something and send it to us. You know, that's one way you can ask a question. Like, let's let's use the tech, man. So, um, all right. That will do it for us this week. So thank you so much, Karen. It's always a pleasure. Thank you, Steve. Uh, and before you go, I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. She is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. Karen is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. She has her own show every Wednesday on the Sex Talk Radio Network called Take 5 to Empower Your Relationship. And in just five minutes, Karen will present a real relationship issue, tell you what's behind it and how to resolve it. Uh, you can get this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. You can find us at hitchedmag.com. And as I just mentioned, uh, you can follow the latest information. Uh, we put out stories every single day on our website. Uh, you can also know what we posted on Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest, uh, as well as Tumblr um, and Google+. Plus. So there are many ways to follow what we're up to. Uh, oh, also our newsletter. That is a, an amazing resource because we compile everything for the week and send you all the information for the week there. Uh, so no excuses on not keeping up the date and the latest and greatest info from the best in the biz like Karen. So one last time, thank you so much, Karen. Thanks, Steve. All right, that's going to do it, everybody. Take care. And it's about you. Sex